0: good morning. Sometimes I just have to take my mind back to the living room days, because you know, we actually could fit this gathering in a living room, and I I don't ever want to have the microphone be this intimidating, intimidating thing where, you know, now we're going to play church, because this is just a family gathering. That's all this is. This is just time for us to, to be together as a church family, to get into the Word of God, to worship together, and really mostly just to enjoy His presence together. I'm going to do things a little bit different this morning, so hopefully you guys are okay with this. I really feel like what God was stirring in my heart to to do a little teaching on would be more appropriate if we took care of it first, and then we respond with worship. I know we did this before. A few months back, i felt like I just really stirred my heart to go into a teaching on worship like what does worship look like or what is our main call as Christians you know to be worshipers of God and then we we ended the meeting with just pouring into worship and it was awesome you guys were we cleared out the chairs up in the front here there was flagging all around the room so it was pretty cool but this morning I just feel like this is, this is probably a, a better message or a better teaching for Pentecost Sunday. I think we're a little bit beyond that, but you know what? Every Sunday for us is Pentecost Sunday. E- every day as a Christian is your Pentecost. It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just start out by reading a couple things to you guys um, that I felt like I should go back and, and read I won't go into all the history of why we planted this church. Most of you guys have heard it over and over. You know, we got the call. It was a prophetic word to plant. God orchestrated much activity to get us into Bremerton and to begin meeting in our house. Several years later, a couple years later, we started launching our meetings in this place. And now here we are today. Still a small little gang, but you know what? If the presence of God is showing up, In our gatherings, I will promise you I will be here every week. Did you want to come up with me? Dive in at any point or you just want to hang out? It's up to you. Okay, well, if you feel like jumping up here, if any of you feel like jumping up here and be like, I got to add something. Hey, we're a small church. We can do that. I know Marilyn's like, don't tempt me. So early early on in our journey as a as a young church plant i got a prophetic word from one of the guys actually from galen's church he's not at his church now but the very first moment we walked into that conference without really meeting too many people this guy ran from behind the soundboard and he said i don't know take it for what it is new assignment new assignment and I'm like, okay, that really primed us up for for more, and then the rest was all history from there. But he sent this word back in 2016 about wells wells to be redug. He served in the Navy from 99 to 2001. Um, he was stationed in Everett. In the fall of 2000, he was here at, at, doing the dry dock in Bremerton. He was not walking with the Lord, but he still had a prophetic gifting on his life that he wasn't really walking fully in. Um, But when he gave me this word, he had been reading a a book on intercession from Benny Johnson called The Happy Intercessor. And in the fourth chapter, it was about ownership, taking ownership of the land that you live in. This is for you, Lanoa. God wants you to take ownership of the land that you're walking in. That's for all of us, whether it's Port Orchard or Gig Harbor or Bremerton or in between, even out there in Seabuck, Timbuktu. God wants you and I to know that we are owners of the land we, we possess, we walk in, that we take authority over. Let me get back to this word. This brought me to one of my experiences in the spirit in Bremerton that I didn't have a grid for, but he believed it was for us as a church. I was driving back to Bremerton. I was rounding the last bend on the highway, and I saw the old naval boneyard in sight, if you don't know what the boneyard is, that's the old retired ships that are there in the, in the water. I looked over the town and saw a dryness hovering over the town. I heard a voice speak to me. "It is time to redig the well here." I smiled to myself with no understanding of what it meant, turned up the radio, and kept driving. The Lord brought me back to this, uh, brought this back to me for you with a word for you guys Bremerton is your well. Your hearts have been groomed for this town and the county that it resides in, and you are now owners. You, this isn't just for Scott and Tammy, this is for Legacy City Church we are owners god is saying we get to put our ownership a heart of ownership on this city on this county this well this well is here to be redug many have been called before you but do not let their failures set you back that's a good word right there draw from their strength Okay, we've watched people make mistakes. There have been wells that were flowing with the Spirit of God moving in our city in the past. They've made mistakes, but learn. Don't let their failures set you back. Draw from their strength. Let your hearts be great of great love for Bremerton. Mark the lines, stand, watch upon, stand upon your watch, and wait until the vision is clear. And he referenced Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 4. And then he ended it with, I'm not going to read everything, but you were called and said yes, and that yes was marked. I just want to say this morning, every time you say yes to the Lord, when he is stretching you and he's challenging you to go into a new territory, and you say yes to him, he marks it. It is a marked line. You have crossed over a line into a new territory. He takes notice of it. He doesn't forget. Every one of the moments that you say yes, even in baby steps in the faith, he marks those steps. One more word, a second prophetic word. This is a short one. I'll just read the whole thing. This was in 2017, April. Good morning. This is a woman named Delane from Port Angeles. God is so good. This morning I was praying for you folks and I saw a well. Then I saw another well, and both were rising. Both of these wells were rising. I asked Papa, what is this about? He said, there is an old well of revival that he is uncapping. And there is a new well that is about to overflow and will mix with the old well. These wells have a lot in them and Holy Spirit will help you steward them and this revival will never die out because, but what, excuse me, this revival will never die out but will cause a huge explosion that will flow out in all directions. Get ready to drink in deep. It's a lot to think about but to simply lay it out before us God has given us as believers, as sons and daughters adopted into his family, he has given us a commission to go and possess the land, to go into our city, into our sphere of influence and take ownership. I'm not saying be arrogant and tell people what to do type ownership. I'm talking about spiritual authority over what the enemy has done in different uh, spheres that we walk in where we get to influence, we get to uncap the well, we get to dig revival wells. And I believe that we as a church have this call to dig a well. And when we have our gatherings on Sunday mornings, it's an opportunity for us to continue to dig that well of revival. God's will for us is that we would be a people marked by the Holy Spirit, that we would be a people that are saturated, with the presence of God, filled and overflowing with Holy Spirit power in his life and his goodness. That is the will of God for every Christian on planet earth, that we would be a people that are filled and overflowing with his presence. We don't have to go someplace else where the revival is happening and where the well has already been dug. We actually have the, the permission and the yes from God to dig our own wells. You, as an individual believer, have the ability to dig a well of revival in your living room, in your car, in your bedroom, wherever you go to meet with the Lord. You get to dig that well. You get to go deep into his presence and enjoy his presence every day. We made a decision when we first ventured on this journey that we would not try to sustain something by bringing outside fires in. Although we do invite people to come in and add to what God is doing. But we want to be a church that that digs our own well and is sustained by our own well. I've seen it too many times where churches, they, all they are left doing now is inviting the next hot guest speaker to come in and then everybody shows up. And then when the guest speakers aren't coming and it's just the the people that are that are leading and are a part of the church, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Now that's not a, a condemnation on you know missing Sundays. You know we all need a break and do things, vacations and stuff or whatever. You know, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the passion to be in a place to gather. If it's only because someone else is coming in, somebody else who has dug dug their own well of revival and you just want to drink from their well there's a season for that sometimes we just need to get impartation from other people's ministry to receive what they carry to add to what God wants to put inside of you but there's so much more than just going from well to well to well to well and just drinking other people's wells well water We get to dig our own. I know this is Lancer's language. It's probably Dave's language too. You're you're familiar with wells because you live on property where there's a well. Yeah. You don't tap into the neighbor's wells down the street or in another state. You dug your own. You guys the same. You live with your own well. We get to dig our own well. So I want to encourage you and I want to invite you guys to have that kind of a mindset about what we're doing here It doesn't matter if we're in this building or if we are back in a living room or in another location. We have the grace given to us by God to dig a well. That we would be individual wells of living water everywhere we go in this city. That we would be releasing the newness of life that we carry in the spirit. Awesome. We haven't gotten very far yet, but the hunters just pulled up. Maybe we'll just all be silent. We'll stand in silence as they walk in. I am going to set my timer because I know I've already gone about 10 minutes and I don't want to overdo it. Let me set this. I have this little timer that I never use and I should. Okay, there's the timer. It's going. All right, Ethan, would you... Um, put the last slide up real quick. Just, I just want to remind the very last one. Yeah. Just look at those faces. Don't they look like the sweetest people you've ever seen? They are just like a, a package of joy. As a married couple, they are joy bombs. I mean, look at her looking at her Charlie. That's Charlie and Lori. These two are going to be here August 4th. I'm not going to go into the whole description of how we met them like I did last week. But if you guys can be here August 4th, tell some people if you want. I think it would be awesome for anyone to get exposed to what they carry. Now, I know Lynette, she remembers hearing Charlie because she was down there in Oregon with us. Hey guys, come on in. I know this, like you were thinking worship would be blasting right now and you just slip in unnoticed, but we're doing backwards church today. I won't be doing backflips. No, No juggling, no clowns, no backflips. So you guys can just get cozy. There's a big open row right up in the front here if you want. Just saying. Just pretend you're at my house. you want to sit on the floor or on the couch? So anyway, Charlie and Lori, August 4th. I just, I I can't wait. Because they carry something rich. Like they carry some serious kingdom treasure. Okay, so back to that picture of the artwork of the fire fallen. You know, I just, I used this picture, actually, I think when we did the teaching on, on worship. And there's just something about worship. There's something about when the, the body of Christ comes together in corporate worship and the presence of God comes The Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22, and I can't remember what verse, but there's only a few there. Probably the first four verses talks about it. God inhabits the praises of his people. He is enthroned on our praises. So the atmosphere of worship is conductive to invite the presence of God in a greater measure. We each carry a measure of the Holy Spirit. You were... You were sealed with the Holy Spirit when you said yes to Jesus. Ah, that was the first yes to him that he marked. He marks your yes. And when you said yes to Jesus, yes, I want you in my life. Yes, I want you to be the Lord and ruler over my life. Come into my heart. Make me born again. He marked it. He put the Holy Spirit like a seal, like a a stamp on your heart. Marked as his. You belong to him. You are one of his chosen ones. Adopted and sealed by the Holy Spirit. If you doubt that, go into Ephesians 1 and just meditate on that chapter. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, the guarantee of your inheritance. You have a guarantee of your inheritance, and it's the presence of God, the living Holy Spirit of God alive inside of you. Where was I going with that? He's in you. Oh, because when we come together, we are all individual wells. You already come here carrying the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, whoever believed in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being, rivers of living water would flow. Okay, so that's you. You are a little teapot, Sharon. Not just steaming on the stove, blowing, blowing your whistle, and you, you get all heated up. No, you are, you are a vessel of living water. Kim, you are a vessel. You are a jar, a clay jar crafted by the master molder, the master potter. And he poured his living water, his very self, his presence into you when you said yes to him. And it brought you to life. Born again is what the Bible says. You carry the presence of God. And when we come together and dig our well, as we start digging that well of revival in this gathering, and anywhere you go, you get to release the presence of God from your spirit, from your body. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And just as in the Old Testament, the temple, the Jewish temple had the most holy place in the middle where the Ark of the Covenant was at, where the high priest would only go in there once a year with the blood of the lamb and sprinkle it on behalf of the nation, on behalf of the sins of the whole nation of Israel. The Holy Spirit's presence dwelt, the Shekinah glory dwelt in that most holy place. The priest would just fear and trembling go in there and sprinkle the blood. They would wave the incense censer to make a big cloud. I just could picture it reaching their trembling hand with the blood of that slain lamb on their fingertips, reaching it and sprinkling it on the mercy seat and hoping they don't die right at that moment because they would tie a rope to their foot and if, if the presence of God, if God said you came in here in an unworthy way, you would die. And they would hear the bells tinkling on their, little tinkle bells on their priestly robes and if they heard the bell stop, they probably gave it a little tug, I would guess. Are you, are you there? And you'd probably tug back. Yeah, leave me alone but if you died, they would pull you out. So just as the temple in the Old Testament had the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, and then the priests did their daily activities in the most holy place, and then there were the outer courts, so you are a temple of the Holy Spirit where your spirit, your heart, is the Holy of Holies where the presence of God has come in to take up residence within you. You are a habitation person. We are a habitation people. The presence of God has come to take up residence inside of us. He sits on the throne of your heart. And he has united his spirit with your spirit, causing you to be born again. And now you are a partaker of the divine nature. That is scripture. That's not like new agey stuff. I'm not saying you're God, because you're not. You're not God. But, the, but God... The Holy Spirit has come to dwell inside of you and now you partake of his nature. You get to receive life from him. So the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, is so important to your life and to my life. You guys doing okay? You guys are like so serious looking. You can shout amen if you want once in a while if if you feel like it. Don't do it for me. Do it for you. Let's look at... We're going to skip some stuff because we're going to have to. Well, why is it important? Let's look at slide number four. This is Jesus himself talking. Jesus said, if I'm not doing the works of my father, then don't believe me. Some people say, well, you just got to believe the word, you know, believe just by faith and then you'll see. Jesus said, don't just believe me. If I'm not doing the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Whoa. That's Jesus, our King, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, telling the people that he stood in front of, don't just believe my words, believe in the demonstration of the Spirit's power that I show you. The works of the Father that I see and hear and that I do before you. Paul said in the next slide, slide number five, First Corinthians chapter two. <clears throat> Did you fall asleep over there? <laughs> okay, the, uh, slide number five. <laughs> Caught him off guard, man. Usually you're like, boom. This is Paul talking, he said, My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert, trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. You know what, I am never going to try to impress you guys with a superb presentation of the Word of God, where I divinely dissect every scripture and tell you what the Greek is and the Aramaic and the Hebrew because I'm so well-educated. I went to cemetery school and I'm here to make you a tomb of the word. No, that is not my heart. I wanna be real, I wanna keep it real. And this is what Paul said, I didn't come to you as an expert with eloquent speech, lofty wisdom, for while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus Christ, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you, Feeling inadequate, I oftentimes feel inadequate standing up here. Filled with reverence for God, I have to lean on Him for everything what I do up here, and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith would not be established on my wisdom or on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. If he doesn't show up in our meetings, if the Holy Spirit is not moving, then we're wasting time. Okay? Our gatherings should be about coming together, refreshing ourselves in his presence, not hoping that Scott or whoever is going to wow us with some expository exhortation of the book of Deuteronomy. Anyway, I don't know why that book came to mind, but it sounds funny. Anyway, Deuteronomy, Deuter. Okay, let's go through slides six and seven. I've shown you guys this before. I'm not gonna go into why we call ourselves an apostolic prophetic people Okay, we can, that's a teaching all in itself. But as an apostolic prophetic church with that kind of foundation, here's what our environment and our, and our culture of a church family is what we are aiming for. Okay, this is our continual aim that worship and supernatural activity are the priorities in this environment and in the lifestyle of each one of you. As a mailman... I want my priority in my daily walk out there in the public to be a lifestyle of worship. And that doesn't mean I'm singing worship songs full blast. Sometimes, though, I do. But I want to be, be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want to be relating to my Father. I want to be communicating to Jesus, talking to him, because he, he lives in me and I carry him everywhere I go. And so I don't want to tune him out and just get lost in outward stuff. No, I want to. I want to be in constant fellowship with him. Paul said, "Pray continually." I'd encourage you guys if you have the gift of uh, the ability to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. Do it often. It builds. It builds you up. It builds up your most holy faith. It. it Enforces it reinvigorates you and reinforces your faith. And it just primes the pump. It just gets the well flowing. You want the living water to flow through you constantly. And when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the spirit or sing in the spirit, it just helps to get the flow going. That's a teaching in itself too, but... That's all I'll say on that. But worship and supernatural activity are the priorities in the environment and lifestyle of the saints because God, your presence is our top priority. I need you in my day-to-day life. I need you to, to make your presence known to me that I don't forget whose I am and who I am in you. I don't ever want to forget that I carry your presence Everywhere I go, I don't want to grieve you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to quench your fire inside of me. But this morning, we want to set a fire. We want to set a fire deep in our spirit. We want to ignite that flame of Holy Spirit inside of us. And we want to give you the preeminence. We want to give you the top place in this gathering and in our lives when we go out of here. Okay, the second point. Yeah, we'll weave in and out of prayer. You guys know how to do that, right? Okay, he's here, okay? You're here, Lord. We, you can smile towards him if you want. <laughs> Look up at his face, close your eyes if you want, just smile, because he loves you. He's madly in love with you. He died for you when you were his enemy, so he loves you severely. <laughs> he is passionately on your back, wanting you to know his, his very great affection and, love and, and promises over your life. So the saints are sent, just as Jesus was, to destroy the works of the devil, including disease, sickness, and affliction, okay? Jesus is perfect theology. If you want to know what it looks like, what it should look like in our lives, we just look at Jesus. Because he said, not me, he said, the same works that you see me doing so you shall do even greater things than these because I'm going back to the Father. And he said once he went to the Father to wait because he's going to pour something out for you. He's going to pour out the Holy Spirit and you're going to be able to do the same works that he did by the Spirit of God. Anyway, the saints live to demonstrate to all people on earth that God is always the good guy and the devil is always the bad guy. We are not going to blame God for the bad stuff that goes on in our own lives, in other people's lives. We're just going to continue to say, nope, we're not going to touch his goodness. We're going, to, we're going to preserve that declaration that God, you are good all the time. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. Forever and ever and ever. His love endures. He is good and his love endures. The next part I'm gonna get going here on okay, I'm not doing too bad. I'm just gonna keep rambling and then we're gonna worship our guts out. Are you guys good with that? Okay. God desires those who don't yet know him to come into a relationship with him where the primary emphasis is love. He wants to have a love relationship with you. It's not about what can I do for you, God. It's not about I am just your lowly servant, I'm just a worm. Smith's helped us remember that, I'm just a worm. God's just gonna crush me And grasshoppers. He's so big and scary. No, his wraparound arms are all around you. He's a good, good father. Okay, so the primary focus is love in our relationship with him, not merely service. Okay, we don't eliminate serving God because there, there's stuff to do. Just like I love my kids, they love me, but there's still chores. You still gotta clean your room. Okay. Still got to help out. But the primary emphasis is love. Okay? They don't work for my love. They work from my love. And even if they don't feel my love, you know, they know it's there, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh. That was a Kodak moment. You're like, "What's what's a Kodak?" Isn't that like chewing tobacco or something? Okay. The body of Christ is being built up and equipped. I want to emphasize those words this morning, built up and equipped, because that is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and in me, and in our gatherings together. The body of Christ is being built up and equipped to become a glorious and victorious bride. Not a beaten down Look, half dead corpse of a bride. Not the—is that a movie, The Corpse Bride? Okay, that's not the bride of Christ. That's the bride of the devil. <laughs> that's what happens when you partner with the with the enemy. That's what you look like, because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Wish I had a picture for that. But anyway, no. The picture in the Bible of the church is that we would become a radiant bride, without spot or blemish or wrinkle. That we would would carry on us the glory the glory of the one we are betrothed to we are the bride men, sorry we're the, put on your wedding dress and your army boots tattoos and all (laughs) okay anyway this is getting weird now that I'm picturing things it's our culture I'm telling you there's just stuff everywhere and it makes you like oh that comes to mind okay no matter how the conditions of the earth may presently appear. Glorious and victorious, no matter what comes upon the earth. Yes, there are end time theology views. Some people want to focus on how the world will get darker and darker and darker. And then they want to say, and then the church is just going to get weaker and weaker and weaker and go hide and wait for the Antichrist to come and and then the rapture. And then I don't have to do anything. We know that. I know my I know you know that. I'm not looking at no, I'm looking behind you. We we know that teaching because we I believe in the rapture, okay? Not everybody believes in it, and we don't need to get into that, but but that is a mindset in many churches and in, in many believers. Well, this the world's going to hell in a handbasket. So I'm just gonna stay in my my little Bible chamber here and get in my Bible coffin and wait for the rapture. Beam me up, Jesus. I know Dave's like getting Star Trek images standing on that, vaporizing. Anyway, (laughs) we are called to be salt and light, salty. He wants to salt you with fire. Just say fire. Yeah, fire, fire. (laughs) That's a good word. It is a good word. We're not talking about hellfire. We are talking about Holy Spirit fire. Okay, we're going to get into that part in just a second here. Okay, slide number nine. I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a pipeline of scriptures, and you're going to leave so full today. You're going to be like, I can't eat any more word of God. John answered them all, John the Baptist, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Whew, man, I'm getting revved up here. Okay, next scripture. Just drop on down, Ethan. I don't want to read the number to you. The black slide there, the blank one. Okay, there we go. Acts chapter one. This is what Jesus told the disciples. But wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. Daddy, God has a gift for you and me, sons and daughters. It's time this morning. We're going to go and get right up close to his feet, and he's going to give us a gift. He's going to give you more because all he says is just to ask. You have not because you ask not, but if you ask, you're going to receive. And we have a scripture for that too. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit, did I skip part? Oh, for John baptized you in water, like the blue letters for the water part. But in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. This is what God's intention is for your life and my life. We don't have to work something up. We don't have to manufacture what that should look like because it looked like it there at that place or there at that place. I've walked into churches that are very uncharismatic and I felt the presence of God moving so heavily and wonderfully. Calvary Chapel. Mars Hill, we've done it all. I've been in a Baptist church and I felt the presence of God moving, believe it or not. Hope Craig listens to these sometimes. This will be the one I hope you're listening to, Craig. (laughs) Yes, the Holy Spirit even moves in your church, even. (laughs) But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. Next scripture just drop on down. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of rushing of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. If you want to come in like that this morning, God, we'll all be on the floor shaking our little boots off. But if that's how you want to come in, Come and have your way. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then, all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. And they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you and equip you. Filled and equipped. He wants to fill and equip you. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, Shaba Shaba, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned, Acts chapter 2. Next scripture. We're going to keep busting this out here. I'm determined this morning we're going to get through this word. This is what I will do in the last days. This is Acts chapter 2, but this is the book of Joel chapter 2, 28 to 32, prophesied being, the prophecy being fulfilled. And Peter was standing up and declaring this. This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. If you want to be prophetic, you need the Holy Spirit power filling your life. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike. They will all prophesy. Just say all, all. I'm going to prophesy, you're going to prophesy, you are going to prophesy, you will, all of you, little ones, big ones, there is no junior Holy Spirit, (laughs) I can't remember what we're laughing about, but anyway, is it important, should we share it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, Tammy was preaching something and then Bill preached it. And so, yes, she even shares the same Holy Spirit that Bill Johnson has. She has no junior Holy Spirit. That's right. Okay. Did I get to the end of that? Yes, I did. So, next scripture, Ethan. When the, this is Acts chapter 8. So this is all Holy Spirit stuff, guys. I hope you're okay with this. You're not getting creeped out. This isn't getting kind of ooh, too ghosty in here. okay? We are all about the Holy Ghost. I don't know why we call it spirit or ghost. It, I like to say spirit. Ghost sounds like haunted house. Anyway, give up the ghost. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, the non-Jews, they sent Peter and John to pray over them So that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall on them. He wants to fall on you. Just let him fall on you. Just receive his grace and his love right now. As soon as Peter and John arrived... They laid their hands on the Samaritan believers and one after another, the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. We can lay hands. We could just stand in the room. Sometimes his presence just comes in. Sometimes it's when someone's praying for you. We are all little sprinklers. We are all fountains, teapots, whatever you want to picture. You you are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. And a vessel has an opening, and you can pour out his goodness on other people. Pray for a non-believer sometime. Tell them, you know, I know you don't believe in God, but would you let me pray for you? We watched my niece, before she came to Jesus, start to shake and sweat as we prayed for her. And she's like, what is happening to me? It's called Holy Spirit is on you. He wants to make himself real to you. We owe the world an encounter with the one we carry. Don't keep them all, this little light of mine, don't put a bushel over it. Let it shine. (laughs) I'm not gonna sing it, don't worry. Okay, back to the scripture. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus, yet the spirit of God, okay, the spirit fell on them and filled each one of them. Okay, next scripture, we read that whole thing. You guys just shout, we read it all, move on. Okay, while Apollos was ministering in Corinth, okay, the apostle, Apollos, Paul, the apostle, traveled on through the region of turkey gobble gobble until someone laughed at least come on you guys lighten up you're so tense this morning (laughs) help me out you know joy is one of the fruits of the spirit by the way in case you didn't know it's okay to laugh in church i won't be offended unless you're laughing at me not with me okay so he was in the region of turkey until he arrived in ephesus Where he found a group of 12 followers of jesus imagine that a little pocket of christians what's his first conversation the first thing he asked them was did you receive the holy spirit when you became believers next part or was that it oh yeah and while peter was speaking the holy spirit cascaded over all those listening to his message the Jewish brothers who had accompanied Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on people who weren't Jews. Imagine that. You mean non-Jews get the Holy Ghost too? They didn't realize. They thought this was just our Jewish thing. No, it's for all, for all people. And they heard them speaking in supernaturally. That must have been a typo. For they heard them speaking in supernaturally given languages. There we go. And passionately praising God. I guess that was another story. So the 12 that, that uh, Paul was talking to, they received the Holy Spirit. Then Peter was talking to this group of non-Jews, and they received the Holy Spirit as a cascade of the presence of God fell on them as he was talking. Next scripture. No, they replied We've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. Some people have never heard that you can actually have the presence of God come upon you and fill you and overflow. He might even make you shake a little. He might even make you cry because he's so overwhelmingly loving and it just rocks your little baby heart world and you cry like me because I cry sometimes when the Spirit's moving on me. Paul asked, then what was the meaning of your baptism? They responded, it meant that we would follow John's teaching. Paul said, John's baptism was for those who were turning from their sins. And he taught you to believe in and follow the one who was coming after him, Jesus, the anointed one. Is there more to that? When they understood this, They were baptized into the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. And when Paul laid his hands on each of the 12, the Holy Spirit manifested and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. Holy Spirit came upon them. He manifested his presence as Paul laid hands on them. I could just see it. I like the Passion translation because they kind of, he uses more of a language description that is more kind of what we're familiar with you know he went and laid hands on each of them you could just imagine them all lined up and dropping on the floor shaking speaking in tongues prophesying doesn't have to look like that but anyway just i like the picture i'm ready for that okay where are we at i have no idea where we're at on those notes there but i'll just keep reading The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. Okay, I love to talk about this story because we are going to get ready to worship in just a minute here. And there's something powerful that can happen when you engage with the presence of God in the atmosphere of worship. When you pray, and I like to say praise is like pray, you're praying. You're actually praying praise. When you're singing to God, you're actually talking to him. You're praying to him. So worship is like an easy way to stay in prayer. There's a good message by Bill Johnson. I shared it to a handful of people. If you haven't heard it, I really encourage you to. But the message is praying from the presence. If you only have 10 minutes to pray, he says take eight minutes of it to worship. Because you can get done in that last two minutes what you came in to pray about. And when you enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise, and you have the audience of the king, the audience of one, you just pour out your worship at his feet and let him deal with the rest. But this is what Paul and Silas did. And if we have another baby, a whoops baby, his name's going to be Silas. Just, just so you guys know, okay? If God wants to give us a Silas. No, you skip forward too fast. Back up, buddy. Okay. After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Okay, now the next part. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. I wish I could hear what that sounded like. Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Read that whole chapter if you want to read a really powerful story of what happened before and after that. It is so good. But this is a picture of the power of God coming into a place where you or me begin to worship and pray and invite his presence to come in and break off the chains, release the prisoners. I mean, that's, God can't help but break chains. He is the chain-breaking king. Prison doors fling open. I mean, the prisoners stay. If you go back and read the story, the prisoners stayed where they were at. The jailer was getting ready to kill himself because he's like, crap, they're all gonna get out and I'm, they're, gonna, they're gonna kill me because I let all the prisoners go. But Paul and said, no, no, chill out, jailer. We're all here. And he led him and his family to Jesus. And they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they got released the legal way. I'm glad I set that timer because this is how many seconds we have left here. That helps. All right. And then my screen went dark here. So let me see if there's one last thing I need to cover. If not, we're just going to jump right into worship. Come on, open up. All right. We did Joel. We did Acts 10, 19. Oh yeah, let's just finish with this one. So the next one, slide number 28. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? Why don't you guys stand up? We're going to just take the next while and worship. And I want that to be our heart's cry this morning. Just let our worship be a time where we invite I mean we do this every week anyway. Sorry, I got to try to close this out. There we go. Okay. We we always invite his presence every week when we worship. But this morning, it's almost, it's almost this afternoon. It's going to get nice and toasty out today. You guys feel good? You feel comfortable? See, I thought this is a win-win. At least you're not sitting for the warmer part of the morning here. <clears throat> we got to stand up and get some fresh air flowing around us. I just want to end what we're reading. And before we pray and go into worship, I just want to end it with this, this encouragement, this invitation. Go after him. <clears throat> go after him. He wants. How much more does the perfect Father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Whatever it may look like, we're going to worship. We're going to ask. We're going to get filled up. We're going to get equipped and empowered this morning. We're going to get renewed and refreshed in the place of worship together. When we're all done, um, I don't know, I'll probably pick someone in this meeting to come up here and just close it out in prayer. And when we're all done, if, if, if you have a prophetic word or if you feel like the Holy Spirit did something or showed you something or spoke something to you, I want you to come up here right away after someone comes up and prays after worship. Is that, is that good? You guys follow me? So don't wait until we, one by one, invite someone to come up, because we'll be ready to wrap the meeting up pretty much. I do have a couple prophetic words that I'm feeling stirred for already. But if you have something, I want you to, to make a line up here for, behind whoever's praying to close out worship and just be ready to start sharing. Just, we're just going to knock those words out. We're going to give it. Give it to whoever wants it or whoever it's for, and then we'll invite anyone who wants prayer after that to come and receive prayer. If you want hands laid on you, then there's a group of us that will hang out up here and we'll pray for you. If you want some, just some impartation, if you want more of Jesus, and you want what those scriptures describe, that that hands laid on and the Holy Spirit falling upon you in a greater measure, there is always more. There's room for more inside of you. He's in you for your sake, and he comes upon you for the sake of those outside of this place. And he wants to come upon you. He wants to anoint you and equip you to be a minister, to be an ambassador for him. So let's just go ahead and put our hands out, and we're going to kick worship off. So thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we just open up our hearts. We open up our arms. We open up our hands and we just say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, set a fire this morning, set a fire in this place, let our hearts burn with passion for the name above all names, for the name of Jesus, the name that at which every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord of all this morning we just say set a fire inside of us that burns for your name for your your word for your presence we just want to be so engulfed so shaken to the core of the reality that we are your vessels and that you live inside of us we invite you holy spirit to come upon us to equip us we offer our bodies to you as instruments of righteousness we say here are our Our ears, our eyes, our minds, our imagination, our sense of smell, our sense of taste, we give it all to you this morning, Holy Spirit, and we say this, we offer to you that you would speak, that you would awaken our senses and speak to us however you choose to speak this morning. In the various ways that you communicate from spirit to spirit, we say, let the roar of your waterfall cascade over this church this morning. That we would hear what your spirit has to say. And more than anything else this morning, we just come to love and worship you. We come to love on you, Jesus. We come to tell you how much you mean to us. In Jesus' name.
1: Praise you, Lord. You're so, so, so good. You're such a good, Papa. You are with us. You're with us in our mess. You're with us in our weakness. Thank you, Lord. You make us strong. You are our strength. You're our support. You're our covering. You are a rock in our shield. There is no one like you. You are worth all of our attention, all of our praise, our thoughts, our mind, our energy. You are worth our time. We give you, we give you praise. We thank you, thank you, we thank you God that you are, you are bigger than anything that could possibly come against us. You are bigger than um, any problem. You're bigger than any of that. You are so strong. You are so mighty. You are powerful. Everything that we need, we drink from you. All we have to do is just drink it. Drink from you. Thank you, God. We love you, God. Yeah. I don't think so. No, it's just that he's good.
2: That was awesome, Lynette. Thank you. Um, just like to share something, my experience while we were worshipping and you know, a lot of us go through a lot of trials and stuff, and sometimes a storm comes in a big way. There's a lot of chaos. And uh, having a teenager in the house, <laughs> and a lot of transitioning stuff going on because he's going to turn 13 in uh, September, or 18 in September, and he still has another year of high school. Um, but he's really trying to make that transition between adulthood and being a child and coming under authority and feeling like, Okay, I can make my own decisions. Anyway, all that being said, um, sometimes it can get to be a little chaotic. And at 65, and having raised five kids and a couple of foster children, um, sometimes I feel a little tired and weary in the fray. But I've just been pressing into him a lot because for whatever situation you have in your life, he has an attribute in his character that addresses that and matches that. And in worship as um, I was just contemplating all that he is and asking him for more and pouring his spirit out on us. And I just felt like um, I saw in the spirit world um, me and all this chaos and everything that's attaching itself to me and trying to suck my spirit and my energy and, and all the things that are pulling at me and all the things I think I have to hold on to so tightly. Um, and so I'm seeing this as just a chaotic swirl of all these things in the world that are around me and all the problems that press in on you, paying the bills and, you know, all those other situations. And then I saw him coming with his hand stretched out as a tear between that spiritual world and the, the chaos that's going on in this world, reaching his hand out in his arm to me and saying, come. And I'm like, holding on tightly and he's saying come leave that behind leave it all behind just stop right now open your hands and step away from it and come and so I know that that's what I need to do but yet and sometimes we can all get like that right we know what we need to do we know that he's there we know his character we know his love how much he loves us and and how he wants the best for us and he has all those things right there at hand. They're right here, right now. And so as I stepped away and I just felt like all that just breaking off and this peace that came over me and I stepped in, let him take me by the hand and he wrapped me in his light. I smelled and felt his robe. Songs. He's singing over me. Then I smelt this, like, uh, burning wood, like the char. Not, not the wood burning, but the char afterwards. And I'm going, okay, Lord, what is that? It says, all the things that have been burned off you. Smell it and let it go. Just let it go. And, um, and that peace that washes over you and the knowledge that you know that he's there for you, he fights for you, he's the line of Judah, he's your counselor, he's your peacemaker, he's your negotiator, he's the one who sings songs over you.
0: Tip over here. If there's other people that want to bring something, you guys just come up now. Yeah, come on up. Not one at a time, let's get up here. Come on. (laughs)
3: No, I was answering a phone call. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, no, during worship, um, what I kept seeing was um, there was two things. You know how when you, you look in a mirror, you know, you're either doing your hair or putting on your, yeah, it's usually your hair. And you want to see the back of your, you want to see the back. So now you have... One, you're, there's one mirror facing you, and then there's another facing the back of you, and if you look into that, it seems like you can just see the same reflection eternally, forever and ever. And so I, I was just like, okay, Lord, I, I, I need something about this picture. And what He was saying is, what do you see your life in heaven? What beyond our 70, 80, 90, 100, 100-plus 100 years here, what do we see for that next step, for that next phase? And um, he said, I want you just to live in that, just to live in that, because in that place, you, have, you are an overcomer. In that place, you're victorious over the things that are trying to drag you down, pull you down, hold you down. In that place, you, are, you have risen above. It's the same with Jesus when he looked forward to the prize. And so he's just saying, keep looking forward to the prize. This stuff that happens here, don't let this hold you down. So that's-, <laughs>
0: that's, that's good. Yeah. See yourself prophetically. Yeah. That's a good picture. Has anybody else got something? We're going to dismiss in a minute here, but I did have a couple of words that I just wanted to give, if that's okay. Tammy, do you got something? So, Clayton, can we give you a word? So tomorrow is Clayton's birthday. And, uh, yeah, happy birthday from your church. We say happy birthday. You made it. <laughs> you made it. So, um, since your dad's already standing there, would you be willing to go? Why don't you, Mom and Dad, can you just stand? Uh, you want to stand up, Clayton? Would you mind? Is that okay? And Mom and Dad can just get behind you and just put, put their hands on you. I know that this Mom and Dad behind you, they love you with all their hearts. Like, they would die for you. You're the firstborn, and you've got such a heritage that was spoken over you in the womb and out of the womb. And there is so much prayer and and just vision and and promise that God was putting on their hearts to speak over you all of your days, even now. And I just I, I felt God just highlighted you to me this morning, not because it's your birthday, partly because it's your birthday, but because I just felt like he wanted to to put something in my heart to, to give to you. And so you guys know my typical method here. <clears throat> I have to look at the name meanings and stuff. And so, you know, Clayton, your name means a place of settlement. That's a powerful thing. Yeah, it means clay, but it also refers to the, the clay settlement to build upon. And I just see you as pliable, moldable clay in God's hands. And I feel like like i'm standing a million miles away let's get a little closer over here i'm just going to read some stuff so this is what i I wrote down as a place of settlement i just saw the potter's wheel like you are on the potter's wheel god is is the potter he's the master shaper spins the clay and molds it and I just felt like I saw his spirit, just like the water to soften the clay. His spirit was softening you, and his hand is shaping, it's molding, and directing like a master artist creating a masterpiece. So I just want to encourage you with that, first of all, that in that place of being in his hand, when you, because we get to choose to put ourselves in his hand, and as you step in, To his hand and invite him to have his way, to invite him to soften. However, he wants to, he is going to mold and continue to shape and create a masterpiece in your life, out of your life, out of who you are. And I heard Psalm 23:6: Surely his goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. All means all. From day one, from the time you were in your mom's womb being spoken over, his love and his faithfulness and his goodness, surely his goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. Even if you chose to step out of his hand, his love and his faithfulness is still over you because he's chosen you. He's put his his hand on your life. And you will dwell in his house forever. His house is your house. His casa is your casa. (laughs) And then your middle name is Lancer, right? Okay, I was hoping I remembered that, right? And Lancer means a spear. Probably already knew that, like a lancet. Same with Oscar's name, means spear. I like that. I feel like God is all over that. Like you are a spear in the hand of God. You have been you have been designed and the plan of God for your life is that you would be a mighty weapon in his hand what does that look like I don't know for sure but this is a couple things that I was seeing like a scalpel in a surgeon's hand like God showed me a scalpel and his hand is the surgeon he is the surgeon and as he takes your life and your influence and your gift he wants to use you like a lancet like a scalpel and cut below the surface to remove things that people carry. Like people have cancers. They have, I just typed down, bitter roots. You have, you're going to have the ability. You have the ability. And God is going to ignite the ability further in you to cut beneath layers. To see the layers being cut, getting to the root. Getting down to the root of things. Cutting out cancer and bitter roots. So as a church, if you guys would just extend your hands towards them and mom and dad, we just bless you. We bless you and we say we love you. As a church family, you are highly valued and dearly loved by God and this house and your mom and dad and your siblings. And we just bless you with that. And we say, Holy Spirit, just like a blanket, just surround and cover him and saturate him and continue to do your work in his heart and in his life. In Jesus' name. Is that okay? All right. You good? You good? Okay. All right. Noah. Noah. We have a guest here today. So pretty much everyone's had a chance to meet her. Would you be okay, Noah? Short for, or we just, you like to be called Noah, but it's Noah. It's a good name. Somebody was really loving Jesus when they said, this, is, this baby's name shall be The Noah, I think your mama, Marilyn, said that's the name. That's what her name is. You want to stand? Okay, why don't you stand up? And why don't uh, some of you powerful ladies get around her? And they're not going to do anything weird. They're not going to shove you over or anything. (laughs) They're just there for support in case you do feel a little tipsy or something. So you know what your name means, don't you? It means rest. It does. It means rest. Cloth? Maybe it is cloth as well, but what I got highlighted to me, see, I look at the name meaning, but then I ask God, so what is on what I'm reading here? I got a guy at work's name wrong. I thought it was George, and it was Jordan, but I got a word for him about George. But for for you, the word rest was highlighted, rest. And so this is what I got. You are a refreshing wellspring of life. You are. Just I just we prophesy that over you now. You are a refreshing wellspring of life. You carry the one who said, "Come to me all you who are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest." You carry him in you. You carry the king of peace, the king of rest, the one who says, enter into my rest. You carry him, and you release that goodness of who he is out of your life, out of you. You are like a wellspring of life and rest. So you carry his rest, and you reflect his heart. That is a a facet of the heart of the Father that you reflect, and he... he's pleased with that he's pleased with how well you represent him in your gifting and in your way and in your character he is pleased he says daughter I am so pleased with how you represent my kindness and my refreshing and my rest and I believe that you have a ministry of rest I know you're involved in what's it called again celebrate recovery okay um, I just feel like, I, I, know that, I know what that's all about, but I feel like part of what God's gift and, and grace on you in that ministry is that you have a ministry of rest and renewal for the people that God brings before you. He has put a message of restoration in your heart and on your tongue. You have faith that God is the one who can restore and bring back to life and bring back to original intent and design to the person who's broken. And what you carry is vital for them to be able to step into it. You can release to them what you've been given and what you carry. If you're a peacemaker, you can sow peace. If you carry rest, you're going to be a refreshing place of rest for people. And they're going to come to you and they're going to find refreshing and restoration in you. I think restoration might have the word rest is probably in the roots of that. I don't know, maybe. I'll have to look it up. He put a message of restoration on your tongue and in your heart. And so we just wanna bless you. As Legacy City Church, we bless you. We release more, we just say more Holy Spirit of that exousia authority, that Holy Spirit authority to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. He gave the authority, royal authority, the right, the power Various translations say it differently. In John chapter 1, verse 12, he gave you authority. So we just say, let that authority increase. Let it increase and you step into it boldly. That you step into it and you, you minister what he has given you and you release it freely with authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that okay? Were you all right? All right. So we're, we're done, guys. Um, normally we save that for right after worship and then we preach. So, oh, that's right, where's my notes? you guys ready for a 40-minute preach now? I'm gonna move the side while through throw things at you. (laughs) She thinks you're gonna throw stuff at me. Why don't you guys stand up? If you wanna receive more prayer, um, after we're done, when we put the final amen on this meeting, Ethan will throw some quiet worship music on and then you can come up here and get prayer. We just like to take time. You know, we don't even have to say stuff. To turn on the sprinkler, you are a sprinkler. I am a sprinkler. We are carriers of the, of the river of living water. Jesus said, out of your belly. I always tell people, just turn your sprinkler on. Kids, we're going into a, a place where they need the presence of God because the atmosphere is negative or you know, there's strife or whatever. Or you just go into a grocery store, turn your sprinkler on. kind of helps you focus on who's in front of me that needs the sprinkler. Sometimes we don't even have to say words. We can just put a hand on somebody and just release what you carry. Release the presence of God. So we'll pray for you if you want prayer. Some of us will hang out here if you, if you want that. Um, I haven't even asked anybody, but if you see people up here, you guys know who, who's ready to pray. If you're not ready to pray, then don't worry about it. All right, Jesus, we love you, we thank you for your power, we thank you for the fire of your spirit burning in each one of us. We thank you, God, that you have not left us as orphans, that you never will leave us or forsake us, but that you have sent the promise of the Father. You have sent the Holy Spirit to be with us forever. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and have your way not only in this meeting at the end of this meeting, but as we go out the doors and into the city, God, we pray, have your way in us. Cause us to be awakened to the reality of who we carry in us and on us. And we just say, come and rest. Come and rest upon us, Holy Spirit. Let our lives be a dwelling place for you where you are pleased to rest upon us as we carry you into the city of Bremerton and outside of the city. So we thank you for all that you're doing, God. And we just say, let your blessing over us be released in and through us as a a church, as sons and daughters, in Jesus' name, amen.